Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, March 17th, 2023. It is 2.24 UTC as we are starting to record. I am Sam Minter. Yvonne Bo is here. Hello, Yvonne. Uh, hello? Yes. Oh, look, I'm I'm not on mute. Yeah, I didn't mute you again. Oh, fuck. Thank God. <laughs> I was I, about to again, I was about to go. Wait, what? Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, oh, oh see, wait, I'm not on mute. See, here's the thing. There have been a first of all, you get confused every week. Second, there have been a couple I'm getting old. Okay. All second, right. there have been a couple times where I've muted you and then been sorry that I missed your reaction to something funny in the break. Um, and third, I am currently editing it in such a way that I have the separate tracks anyway, so I can always pull out something if you like cough or whatever during the break. So why even bother muting you? So I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to be muted. Well, of course that does miss my, my, you know, my, my usual, well now, of course, I, I, I mean, I'm not even you know, it's not a bit. I'm not trying. It's just I, I. If many as you have known, have known to like be cursing for when you know something is not right. So what what keeps happening is that when we when I'm muted and I'm like, oh, I'm going, oh fuck, what the, you know. So you basically get me. You know that that's a natural reaction. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not exaggerated. That's just my natural and and, and, this, and this way, if you ever do something like that and it's funny, I can keep it in. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, you know, I've been like, like, you know, yeah, so yeah, true. Or, okay, you know, so. if you decide to just spend the entire break, like burping and farting, maybe I don't. Or maybe that would be funny. I don't know. I mean, you know what? Given our, our, our podcast downloads, again, that maybe if we did an entire hour of that, it may exceed our downloads that we currently Well, have. you know, you keep you keep after the fact saying, <laughs> why did we not think of this stupid idea? Well, just now, <laughs> a podcast of only burps and farts. I mean, how am I? Listen. <laughs> Can I just say that I'm probably going to Google this and it exists? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they? Uh, let's see. Podcasts of only uh, farts and burps. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, a series of burps and farts. SoundCloud. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it's a... Uh, no. It, yeah. Literally a series of burps and farts with a podcast happening in the background. But that's with a podcast. right? No. So it's not... It's not completely, you know, uh, a podcast. Of, of, okay, so maybe that should be one of our, uh, 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 you know, you know, you've got the wiki of the day. Yeah, we got yeah. the other thing. It could be the burp and fart burp of the day. Yeah, and we could just do it on a repeat. I mean, it's not. Like, I mean, just just an hour of that on repeat. Yeah, yeah. You could do something interesting auto-generated. So you have like a sample of some different burps and farts. Right. But but then you have them arranged differently each week. Right. You could have the the burps and farts spell out something in Morse code. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed, you could. (laughs) Yes, you could. You know, in fact, it could actually be wiki of the day. Except right, you spelled could, out a burps and farts in Morse code. 
I, I, I'm really liking the direction our creative mind is taken here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Our, our agenda today, <laughs> we're going to do a, but first, uh, then an entire segment on the banks. Cause it, more stuff has been happening since last week. Uh, and then finally, um, you know, I, I, each of us is going to pick one smaller thing for the last segment. And instead of potpourri, instead of lightning round, I'm going to call it curmudgeon's choice. Curmudgeon's choice. Ooh. I know. Exciting, isn't it? Ah. But first, Ooh. it's but first. Who should go first? Uh, well, I'll I'll go first. Uh, okay, and make wow. sure it's a really long, boring one that everybody tunes out so they don't get to the rest of the show. Okay, good. All right. Well, I, actually, what I'm going to talk about is TV is TV watching. So, as, as okay. I I think we have discussed before. We have discussed uh, our TV watching habits many times before, actually. Yes. You know, yes. A couple times a year. Discussed many times yeah. before. And, you know, my favorite program for for a long air while. Disasters. And it's still, yes, it's air disasters. They still make it. And every time they come out with a new season, I'm eagerly always watching the new episodes uh, as they come out. Um, okay. So that, that's still the case. Y- you um, know, but, the, the thing is, you know, Yvonne, that's actually slightly sick. Because, you know, that means you're rooting for more planes to crash so that they can make more episodes. Well, but I want them. Uh, but I like the ones where they survive. Uh, okay. Okay. I, mean, uh, I really I, prefer I if they survive, you know, I don't want to. But then it's not a disaster, is it? Well, it's a crash and people have to be rescued and then you have to figure out. I'm more interested in figuring out what the mistake was and, you know, how they corrected it. Okay. And I'm okay. perfectly fine. I, 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 I will admit I do like the ones where the people don't get killed more. Okay. Okay. Like, like this, they were just talking all this week about like, we've had several close calls on takeoff and right. landing in the last So week. I like, I, oh, I like analysis of those very much so. Yeah, I really prefer that they don't get into the whole crashing and killing everybody part. Okay, okay. Uh, but but you know, I, I mean, you learn from those mistakes as well, and I like really understanding the details. But I really do prefer when they don't get killed. Okay, I, I, I can, will. I can that. buy that. Okay, go go okay, ahead. What, um, what were you going to say about air disasters? Well, it, well, the thing is that right now, uh, one thing that's been happening with my TV watching habits. Yes, and this started with the pandemic. Is that um, I Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. has actually uh, got some been good putting shows. out? Yeah, and it's not just that. It's not just that I'm recognizing that they've put out some good shows. Is awards and reviews uh, recently have been touting how? Oh my God, Apple TV Plus is probably putting out some of the best content on TV out there. Okay. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a, a few of the new shows that they have gotten have gotten those marks. Okay. And I've actually been hooked by the Apple TV plus, uh, offerings. Okay. Uh, there, like there's, there's, there are four shows specifically that I, that I do like. I have not, I, admit, I, will, I admit, I, I have not watched and I have not watched anything on Apple TV plus yet, but I hear, like I hear about Ted Lasso all the time. Ted Lasso is amazing. I, that's number. Okay. That's my number one. Ted and it Lasso had new episodes like, this week or something. Didn't it, it just came out on on Wednesday. Two, well, actually Tuesday night because Apple keeps saying, "Oh, the show's coming out on Tuesday night." It's always available on Wednesday. I'm gonna guess it's because 
Europe. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah, we'll just fine. do the whole already, world at the same time. You know, Europe's already on, on the 15th. It's okay. You can get it already. So, yeah. So they, they, they did that. So, so Ted Lasso is definitely number one. Okay. All right. That, that, that's number one. I will now, say that now, the number before, two be, one. Wait, before you list more, what do you like about Ted Lasso? Why is it like, first of all, summarize what the hell it is. Cause I don't know anything beyond the name. All right. So, so here, okay. Ted Lasso originated as a bit on, uh, that, that was on a commercial on TV about this head coach that was just insanely positive. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, that coached college football in the United States. Okay. This was just a brief bit. And I don't know how the hell they, what they spun around. We're going to make a TV series out of this guy. Okay. All right. And so the TV series is this guy is a coach uh, uh, of college football in the U.S. And a British uh, Premier League soccer team hires him as their head coach. And how the transition to him being in the U.K., learning a new sport, all of this stuff uh, happens as he's taken over to the U.K. And I, I believe if I remember correctly, he got hired on as a head coach, basically as a prank. Okay. What happened was that the 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 owner of the team and his ex-wife were in a divorce. And apparently the ex-wife got control of the team. And she hated the team and everything so much that she decided to try to pull the biggest stupid prank uh, about it. It was to bring this guy that was known for being this, you know, over the top positive, you know, person, but that had no knowledge of soccer to bring him to the UK to 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 coach this uh, a Premier League soccer team. And, you know, when he got there, it was just everybody was flabbergasted. It was like crazy. How the hell did you bring this person? Ba 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 ba, but you know what? Ted Lasso uh, is such a positive guy that he winds up winning everybody over, including everybody that's watching. Okay, which is the reality, and, that, and that's why so many people watch it is because because he's real. You know, he he was going through uh, through a, a, a separation in his marriage. They have a kid. It talks about that a little bit. It talks about how, how the difficulties of being a, a cross like that, dealing with, you know, dealing with the fact that I think eventually, you know, eventually they did divorce uh, during the show. Uh, it talks about the the feelings of the uh, of the person, this this woman that owned the team, you know, uh, and those things and a lot of the interpersonal relationships. But it's 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 it has all this positivity of this person, but it also shows his uh I mean, as weaknesses, and I, I, you know, and I, and I think, you know, especially during the pandemic, I think that's the th- happened. How all of a sudden, you know, he started having panic attacks. Okay. Okay. Um. It, and there's just something about the personality of Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso, and everybody's just like, "Man, you, you want this guy? Like, you, 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 you like this guy?" And it just there. That is the magnetism of the show. Okay. Okay. Um, no, so, no, so that's, no. and that's why it's that popular. It has nothing to do about the sports angle or whatever. It's really about that. Okay. And why it's, uh, and, and, and why, uh, why it is. Um, so, so that's Ted Lasso. So that's number the one. Second, so number the second two. one that I, that I, that I, that I'm watching is that, that, that I think that I, I have liked the most, I, I will say across the board has been for all mankind. Okay. okay? 
I've and so, heard of that as well. That's that's like a space okay. thing, right? That wait, yeah. Well, it's 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 set in an alternate timeline where the Soviets landed on the moon first. Okay. And what happens because of that? Okay. Um, and you know the entire story afterwards, and it's so well developed. Um, how this entire alternate timeline, uh, where the space race doesn't end, you know, like with the the, the Apollo launches, how it evolves, and there's a colonization of of space, and further, and other things happen, or whatever. And it's the way that it's it's put together. It's it's really engrossing. Um, there's also this entire thing where in this alternate timeline where the Soviet Union doesn't collapse at the end of the years mm. either. Okay. Um, they like got know, a boost uh, out of winning the space race. Yes, and so therefore yes. we're doing better than they were in our timeline. Right, okay. right, right. So it's this entire completely look at this entire geopolitical timeline where all these different events happen. Okay. Um, and it was just, it's, it's really interesting and it's very well made. Um, yeah, and and I tell you what, if you haven't watched it yet, look, there's I think three seasons out of it right now. Man, it, it's it'll you you start watching it, you will not be able to put it down. It's it's really good. Um, so that's that that that's 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 the other one. Uh, the other one that I'm watching right now that I and I, and I will say that it's Number a close three. second. It's a close second. Like right, it's a you know, it's very close. I mean, you could say it's I I, I could tie him for second. Okay, but it's okay. really for all mankind is still ahead. It's a new series is shrinking, which they came out with this year, and it's got Harrison Ford as uh, some therapists out in California. Is a, a a therapy practice out in California, uh, and I'll tell you what that that series is also very very good. I I I, I just you know it, it, that that one, it's just a real It's just you know it, it's just a, a life story. Um, you know it, it, there's. It's not about space or anything. It's about these people under different situations that they have and complications and things and so forth. Um, and I find it it's it's really good. Okay, um, so so that one uh, I and Harrison Ford is absolutely hilarious. I, I you, you know, don't think of him as a comedy actor no but it no and yet he is just absolutely hilarious is, I is mean, he I, like playing like straight man kind of thing and funny that way yeah okay yeah uh, if if yeah. if if harrison ford was going to be comedic it would be a straight man role like oh it's a straight man role you know he does things that because actually like. when you think of it both indiana jones and han solo are to some yes. degree comedic straight men Exactly. Yes, exactly. And so he does that and he does it very, very well. Uh, the fourth one was uh, th- that, uh, number, I know that four. number four, that they're, I know that they're releasing the n- new season again. And there, there was doubt whether they would was the morning show. Um, oh, okay. I, I've, I've heard of this. Like I hadn't heard of shrinked actually, or shrunk or shrinking, whatever. Shrinking. shrinking. I had oh, right now, by the way, shrinking is the number one considered right now, the number one TV show in the U S. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, and then the the morning show, which that's that's a big star studded cast, and you know one thing that they did is the second season was very focused on what happened in the, during the pandemic, mm. um, how how TV news handled it differently and so forth. Really good show. I, I mean, I you know I think it was very well made. I think it started off slow. It really improved as it went along, and you know 
uh, they're going into a third season and it's got a really start to this cast and it's really good. Um, but, but the whole point that I'm bringing up about this is that right now, what people are talking about in terms of must see TV lately, man, the big shows, Aren't they've all been Apple TV plus uh, Apple TV plus shows, mm. which everybody thought Apple TV plus was a joke. When whereas, it was lodged. whereas more recently, like Netflix has fallen a little flat you know, compared right. to where they were a few years ago. Um, a <clears throat> certain this other term. company out of Seattle has, they, they've had Same. a couple big ones, but like not quite as much as people had hoped, I guess. Right. Like, yep. like the, the, the new Lord of the ring ones did okay, but it wasn't like, Oh my God, it, must watch. Um, and I guess there'll be more of that one. And and then, you know, your traditional one, like HBO hasn't done much lately. Oh, HBO like, Max has been in a complete cluster. They're, they're, I mean, their latest um, Game of Game of Thrones spinoff hasn't done anywhere near as well as the original Game of Thrones, et cetera. But you're saying all of these others are like heading down a little bit from their maximum hype of a few years ago, but Apple's heading up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just me saying this. It's a lot of people have been saying this. I mean, the, the most talked about big shows this first start of this year has been the new Ted Lasso and Shrink. Mm. So, and Apple like, did this without buy, and Apple did this without buying a major studio. I mean, for years right. and years and years, people talked about like why doesn't Apple yeah. just buy Disney? They just they just decided they hired the right people, they picked the right shows, they put together the product, and they've been the people that they picked to put together programming have been doing a really good job. Yeah. On the other hand, I will say, I, I will not deny what you say, but these things tend to be cyclical too. Just like we've been talking about these others peak true, and then go true, into a true. But, but it's Maybe it's just an, Apple's turn and like it'll last been, a few years and then somebody else will pop up. But it's been an upward trend and they've been adding a lot more content to Apple TV plus they added baseball they added they added MLS so they've rounding out with sports and um you know uh th- different sports programming and people have been liking what they've been doing with the, the with the different sports programming um they've just been like you know um you know they they've been you know it's been consistent is what I hmm. what I was saying it, it it's not been uh, one show, all of a sudden, they've been building up as it's been going a- along. Um, and they've been releasing some really good stuff, and they've been getting a lot of awards for a lot of good stuff, and a lot of people watching and talking about them, too. Okay. So, cool. So, so there you go. So so I have actually somehow Apple TV Plus sucked me into watching some new, pro- new content. I, I, I am impressed. And also... You know, lately I've been saving like my media reviews for the shows that you're not around, but this, we, we got caught up. We got like review of four different TV shows from you. Four, four, four. four. I, I, I am know. impressed. Yeah. So there you go. Do, do, do. Actually, it was five shows. If you count air disasters, do, do, do. So my, my, my turn. Sure. Okay, I you know I'm just gonna uh, update folks. Uh, I this week have actually been spending a decent number of hours working on getting election graphs ready to go. Uh, so ah. coming very very soon. Um, I I have 
uh, you know, I fixed up a bunch of stuff, got it like already. So it, it's working with 2024 because like I'm a dumbass, right? Okay. I built up the election graph stuff gradually over the course of 2016 and 2020 uh, from a coding point of view. It's a complete fucking disaster. Okay. Like this is not something that any competent person would have put together uh, programming wise. It's like, it's not like modular. It's not reusable. I completely mix the, the display layer with the backend calculation layer. They're all intermingled. There's, there's one, there's one calculation um, just to give us an example. I do a calculation of something I call the tipping point, which is the state that would put one party or the other over the top. Uh, if you put the states sort of in order from most Republican to most Democrat. Um, and I was, I was fixing an edge case in that. Like if, if you actually have a 269 versus 269 tie for the last two election cycles, I actually did the state that would put the Democrat over the edge. Whereas really in that one case, you want to take the state that would take the Democrat over the edge and the state that would take the Republican over the edge and consider them both the tipping point and put the number somewhere in between. Anyway, I was fixing that. But the thing is, the calculation of that occurs in three completely independent places in my code. <laughs> that And and, you, and, uh, and then why is that? Well, because I built them separately at different times and I had like it, the one calculation in this one place and another, and I could re, you know, I could have refactored it at some point and separated it out, but I never did. So it existed in three different places and I was making one minor fix. So I wasn't going to refactor it now either. I just said, fuck it. I made the little fix in all three places. And so it'll stay. So it, code wise, it's a, it's a freaking disaster. If anybody out there actually like knows how to do this shit right and wants to volunteer, uh, toss me an email. <laughs> actually do it at the feedback at electiongraphs.com uh, email address. And I would love to have volunteer help to actually make this stuff like work properly. Same thing actually goes for having a proper mobile version of the site. <clears throat> um, you know, anyway, uh, cause that's not stuff I'm good at. So just fuck it. It's all like HTML one Oh from like 30 years ago stuff with a few minor exceptions. Um, anyway, the point is I got a bunch of that stuff. Uh, oh, the point of the non-modularity and the fact I was stupid is like, if you, if this was architected correctly, I would just essentially hit a button and say, set up the 2024 version with blank data and let's go. But no, I have to copy over a whole bunch of files and then, go in a whole bunch of them and change the 2020 to 2024. That's hard coded all over the place, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I did all that. Um, at least for the two core initial pages of the site. Um, and I started putting in all of the 2020 actual election results in because I always, my starting point where if I don't have polls for a specific state, what I've always used is the average of the last five actual elections. And then I fill it in with real polls as they occur. And some people might argue that it would be best just use the last election because like five elections ago, oh my God, that that's a completely different universe. It's not even relevant today. Uh, but it'll tell you like, 
which states are really consistently long-term red, which ones have gone back and forth and, you know, stuff like that. It's a decent enough starting place. Anyway, I've, I've got three quarters of the 2020 data in as we're recording this. I will probably finish the last bit of it tonight. And depending on what order I do things in, I might actually do an election graphs blog post with that starting point and launch the site uh, before I even put out this podcast or maybe right after. Anyway, both things will happen this weekend. I'll put out this podcast and I'll, I'll do the next milestone of election graphs, which is just that, that starting point based on the last five elections. Do, do, do. Sam did indeed put out that blog post between recording and publishing the show. Go to electiongraphs.com and look for the post titled 2024 Begins, 5 Election Average Published on March 18, 2023. Do, do, do. And then, over the course of next week, um, I will catch up on all the actual 2024 polls that have actually already been done. Because uh, there are a bunch of them that have already been done. And so, you know, we'll have the one update this weekend, in, unless something disastrous happens that keeps me from doing it. And then uh, by the time we record next week's podcast, I hope to have an actual like, here's here's what the state of play looks like based on all the state-by-state polls we've already got. Uh, having said that, there'll be a big grain of salt because while there have been a bunch of polls, they're not necessarily a bunch of polls in all the right states. And so it'll still be really preliminary crap, but I'll have something. I'll have something uh, hopefully within, you know, by, but my point is <laughs> a, a week from now, I hope to be at the point where I'm actually putting in new polls essentially as they happen and we'll have an election graphs will be live for the 2024 cycle. That's cross my fingers within the next week, week and a half. Do, do, do. Since the show was recorded, Trump said he will be arrested on Tuesday. So Sam will be trying to accelerate the timetable. He will be rushing to see if he can catch up on entering all the available state level 2024 polls before the indictment actually happens. Follow at electiongraphs at newsy.social on Mastodon to track his progress. He may make it, he may not. Can you feel the suspense? Anyway, he did get the site launched and that five election average post done. So go check that out on electiongraphs.com now. Do do do. So anyway, I, I just want to say that I finally, I finally sat down. And I'm like, I've been blowing off other things I need to do because that's the only way to get it done. Uh, I've been blowing off other things I need to do to just get this out of the way, get it going, get it launched. Uh, and then we do the long slog of making sure polls are updated every day uh, for the next uh, year and three quarters. Um, and there are a couple other enhancements I want to get done later uh, that I'm thinking about. Some of them, some of them I'll may, some of them I'll end up doing some of them. I won't. We'll see. Like I'm not, there are things I want to try privately, see how it looks. And if it looks good, I'll launch it publicly. If not, I'll throw it in the trash. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, anyway, I, I just, I just wanted to celebrate. I've actually started. It's, it's, it's getting close. We are, we are in the season. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. 
Anything else? <laughs> I would like to give you a preview of what some of that was, but because I've only put in three quarters of the election data, I don't really have the final answer yet. The last last quarter in alphabetical order isn't in, and there are a couple important states in that last quarter. So anyway, <clears throat> stay tuned. Coming soon. We'll talk more about it next week. Anyway, uh, I, 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 that's all I got. Ready to take a break? Ready to take a break. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, it will be time for lots of talk about banks. Yay. Back after this. Do, do, do. Hello, this is Olivia Neural. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties, popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on Random Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Bulgaria national baseball team. The Bulgaria national baseball team is the national baseball team of Bulgaria. The team represents Bulgaria in international competitions. Their best performance is reaching the quarterfinal stage in the 2006 European Championships, while getting third place at the 2009 Junior European Championships. Another success of the Bulgaria national baseball team is that the team is a five-time Balkan champion. That's it. See? Fun, entertaining, and educational, right? Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Kamudjan's Corner. Do do do. Now that, that one was actually from March 11th. I had prepared it for last week's show, but we didn't use it. So here we go. There we go. Well, uh, uh, so I, I, I'm going to guess that the reason why a lot of these are being searched is because we've had the World Baseball Classic. No, no, that right. was not popular wiki of the day. That was random wiki of the day that this one was. It, that, so wait, it picked the Bulgaria baseball team. Yes. Randomly? Yes. That's. On March are you, sure you didn't mix are you sure you didn't mix up popular with random no i i, I know it's it sad this one was picked from random wiki of the day it said which one it was from and and i will go to the website right I, now I, very very firm uh, i look of all the obscure subjects that i would have expected okay the only reason i could expect like right now anybody talking you know, we've had this about this world baseball teams like this is because of this because we've had yeah, this no, world I, I baseball have confirmed classic. that w- that was the random wow. wiki that what was random wiki of the day episode two thousand one hundred thirty seven published Saturday March eleventh twenty twenty three at one fourteen UTC it was picked randomly it's the Bulgaria national baseball team. Okay, so I mean, it's one hell of a coincidence. That's what I will say because right now there is this this event called the World Baseball Classic going on. Okay, which you know shows that it's a little bit strange how there are teams uh, baseball playing in countries that I just never thought of playing baseball. Okay, in a country like Israel, like Bulgaria, like Bulgaria, um, you know, Australia. Because you really, um, really, when people ask, you think the U.S. and Japan, and then you're done. 
Uh, well, obviously, you don't follow baseball. Anybody who follows baseball, the, the biggest source of talent right now are Latin American countries. So it's the Dominican Republic, okay. Venezuela, yeah, Puerto you're, Rico. You're, you're, you're right. I recognize you know, like Cuba was big. Cuba. You know, it still is. Blah, blah, blah. It still yeah. is. Okay. Very, very big. So so Cuba, Dominican Republic, you know, the Caribbean islands, Venezuela, uh, Mexico also has a tradition, but they're not as good as as those. But those, I will say that that's, those are the, you know, the ones that are really the strongest um it, it, you know in, in the sport uh right now but then you go to this event and they've got teams from Israel and mm. Australia and Great Britain and I'm like Great Britain plays baseball I mean now I know they play cricket so it's I mean the, the some of the skills are you know transferable okay from one to the other but still I mean, well, you're well, like, you know, like, I kind of have a, of the assumption that every sport is played some in every country. It's just a question of how popular it is. And, and that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, I will say that, that that's 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 very true. And so, um, you know, so that that, that it, that's been going on. And as a matter of fact, I mean, yesterday, look, it, there was a massive game in here that I really wanted to to go to. But I was I've been working very hard on this very large deal that's kept me working almost every night until mm. past 8 30 and so i couldn't get you know get get away to do so but puerto rico and the dominican republic played a elimination game yesterday in this in this thing and uh, i mean the the place was i mean the town was rocking i mean it was just i mean it was just crazy how many people were at the game and and not just that it's just I I saw friends of mine and other people, whatever that that flew in to see this. Okay, it wasn't just you know there there are people you know flying in from other countries to go to go and see this. And I unfortunately being here, I I couldn't go. So anyway, so I thought maybe that was like related to that, but nope. nope, nope apparently, random. it was just random. random. Wow. Okay. Well. Anyway. Okay. All right, so, so banks. So last week, Yvonne. When asked, you were, you know, I asked you, do we expect any fallout from Silicon Valley Bank? Do we think it's going to spread at all? And you were like, no, not really. And I don't know that things have completely imploded, but it's certainly been continued major focus of conversation all week long. Well, I think what happened is, okay, and I'm, 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 well, I think what happened was that one of the, Two things happen when something like what what happened in Silicon Valley Bank happened. They said, "Hey, so this bank had this much in unrealized losses under books, huh? What Let's other check banks all the have? Other banks? Yeah, that's exactly right. And lo and behold, they started seeing a lot of other institutions that had a large amount of unrealized losses under books and or a concentration of risk." And they started getting hammered, um, you know, with a combination of withdrawals and their stock getting pounded at the same time. Um, and, you know, I mean, a, the one thing, deposits are liabilities on a bank's balance sheet. They're not assets. So the problem that right, you got because is- Because they have to it, give them up if somebody asks for them. Correct. I mean, they, they are on-demand deposits. And so what happens is that if if somebody starts calling your liabilities, then you got to sell your assets to cover the liabilities. And if your assets lost value, 
Well, then you've got a problem. So if they don't call on them, then you're, you know, you're good. Okay. But if all of a sudden everybody starts, as happened at Silicon Valley Bank, I saw the number when I was staggering on one day last, last week on Thursday, the bank had 150 billion in total assets, a third of them. Uh, you know, people were demanding one third of them on that one day. Close to 50 billion. I mean, no bank can handle a, a call on one third of their debt. Right. On that day. You, you just can't. And so that's the whole why the rest of how banks work is that that money is always tied up in something that they think will make them money in the long run. Right. There and you have a certain amount that is set aside to be accessible based on what you think the normal withdrawal right. rate would be. And you right. add some buffer on top of that. You don't just do your right. average day, right? You add you double it or you triple it or something. Yeah, you have a little bit more. But if somebody does this, like you said, n- n- not a single bank in the country would be set up to do that. Yeah. I mean, if JP Morgan Chase, they, they came out, out and demanded $1 trillion tomorrow to be withdrawn, they, 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 they'd have to, they, 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 I mean, they'd, they'd have to say no. They'd have to go to the government and say, well, sorry, we can't. We're done. Um, so, so I, I think that's, that, that was the issue. And the other issue is that, uh, it, it's just the, the Fed rose rates at a pace faster than it's ever been done. Uh, if I understood correctly, uh, it's just never, the, the rates have never been raised this quickly, this fast. And so a lot of banks had been holding um, bonds as their assets, okay, where they're investing the money that people brought in as deposits. Uh, and so when the price of those, you know, when, when interest rates went up, the price of those bonds goes down. It's it's that simple. Uh, the reason being is that, hey, if I borrowed, okay, so let's say I loaned you a million dollars at 1%, but the rate the next day goes up to 3%, then I'd have to discount, I'd have to sell it to you at a discount in order for you to be able to earn 3% at that rate. So I'd have to probably get sell it to you at 98 so you can make 3%. So my the value of my, you know, my bonds went down by 2% because interest rates went up. Simple as that. Um, and so, um, I mean, I was seeing that, you know, many institutions were holding unrealized losses recently because of of this um and that's and that's really what what did in uh silicon valley bank um you know there's been a couple of other banks that have had that issue um you know there was first republic which first republic received uh an infusion of money from other banks yeah i just i just actually saw one one of my facebook friends uh i think is someone I worked with at Merrill Lynch. I'm not sure. Um, actually posted, they now work at First Republic and they you know, posted a link to the cash infusion from some other bank and were like, thank yeah. you. We appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. They deposited about, so, so a group of, a, a group of the biggest banks in the U S went and, and, and deposited 30 billion at First Republic. Okay. Right. 
JP Morgan, you know, deposited. I mean, all all the big banks went said, okay, fine, we'll 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 deposit money at the bank um, right now in order to uh, uh, you know keep the balance sheet in in check. Okay, um, so so that you know that helped them um, at this point, um, but you know if banks. And I think most of them have been. It just seems more the exception that the few didn't. Weren't um, tying up a lot of money in long-term securities versus the demand deposits. They really shouldn't have any issue with this. Mm. Because the problem really comes in the mismatch between a short-term and long-term assets. Okay. Because if if you owned uh, uh, short term bonds, uh, the discount that you have to, even if interest rates go up, uh, because of the amount of time um, that there is, you don't you don't you don't have to you don't lose as much, okay? Because even if the rate goes to five five percent from two percent, you know if it if it matures in thirty days, you, you'll be out of it in thirty days, you know. So it's not that big a deal. It's not a problem. Hell, you'll get face value again. So you you don't have a problem, okay, if, if you're at the 30 days, okay? You just can't sell it like at day 20 for that value. But if you wait to day 30, you'll get you'll get your money back, okay? So so if you're in short-term, so if you tie up, say, yeah, I've got demand deposits and they're tied to short-term investments, usually you don't, you don't have a problem. What's happened is that <clears throat> you had certain banks that were, Taking their, sh- their their demand deposits, which are ones that can be withdrawn immediately, and they were investing in long term securities, and so therefore they didn't have the luxury of waiting <clears throat> until 10, 20, 30 years for the bond to mature and right. get their money back. People wanted the money now, so so I think that's the th- that was that's been the biggest issue that I've seen, and and several uh, institutions had that. Um, had that issue. Um, now in Europe, the concern was about Credit Suisse, um, which you know there's been a lot of concerns about. But the Swiss government basically said they're going to bail them out. But but the thing about Credit Suisse is that, and I I shared uh, some of the shit that's been going on in Credit Suisse for the last ten plus years. Look, Credit Suisse has been in pr- in, in trouble for for. God, I don't know, since the last financial crisis mm-hmm. and they've been like tumbling around, you know, w- 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 you know, they, they somehow have been surviving, but they have not, they're not thriving. Okay. Um, you know, look, I'm going to read a little bit of what the hell happened. Uh, Credit Suisse's failings have included a criminal conviction for allowing drug dealers to launder money in Bulgaria. Talk about Bulgaria again. There you go. What the hell is another coincidence with Bulgaria? Entanglement in a Mozambique corruption case, a spying scandal involving a former employee and an executive, and a massive leak of client data to the media, its association with disgraced financier Lex Grensil, and failed New York-based investment Arsh- uh, firm Arshago's Capital Management. Now, this one is big. Arshagos was a was a hedge fund that went from being worth twenty billion dollars to zero in like two weeks, and they lost a truckload of money on that. They had been aligned with with them, and it really, you know, it, that that they lost a lot of money. And 
one of the things is that during the entire 2022, before this whole thing with interest rates, whatever, they had been having customers leaving. Like their their asset, I mean, they had been having their money on demand. People have been going, give me my fucking money. 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 Bat, you know, person after person. And so they've been declaring losses and things. So they were in trouble. So this entire situation right now with, you know, people concerned about institutions on the verge, just basically have been pushing them to the brink of, you know, we're done. Okay. But, but on their case, they had been teetering. Okay. They had been teetering for a long time. And this is just not, um, not the right moment uh, uh, for this shit to happen to them. They, they just got, you know, they never fixed their problems. Um, and so, um, you know, so that's why they're, they're in the situation they're in right now. Now, one of the things that uh, people have been complaining is, you know, the size of these institutions, which fell under a threshold that required them to be scrutinized much in much more detail by uh, federal authorities. Okay, uh, back after the financial crisis, all institutions, even to like banks of this size. We're supposed to be scrutinized at a much deeper level in order to avoid what happened in the last financial crisis. However, many of the executives at these banks were complaining that the requirements are too onerous. We can't do business, blah, 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 blah. So they changed the cutoff of who got examined. Okay. All right. Um, and exempted a lot of these smaller institutions from that deep of scrutiny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the shit that then that's happening with them. And so now, I've heard some people say that given how abrupt the interest rate changes were, that even if they hadn't changed that, these banks would have passed. I don't think I don't think that's totally true, because I think that the risk compounded between having a lot of your long term, you know, short term deposits that much of it tied in long term. That would have come out in a much deeper scrutiny. I, I I don't see how it wouldn't. I mean, it's one. I mean, let's talk about this today. It's fucking finance one hundred one. It's not one hundred one, but it's one of the fucking courses we take in goddamn finance is to match the maturity of the liabilities that you have with your assets, so you're not caught with a situation like this. Okay, I mean. Shit, we studied the whole time analyzing companies' exposure and how to make sure that that is hedged properly. You know, how you do it with interest rate swaps. You do it because there are such things where you can do a swap. They're like, well, shit, I bought all these long-term bonds, but I I really don't want to be exposed long. Can I sell this risk to somebody else, uh, you know, that needs to be long-term on the the interest rates? And I want to be short. You can do that. There are... I mean, shit, there are options, okay, you know, that you can do to do that. There's there's a whole bunch of transactions you could do to leverage it. Well, another one is to not fucking go and buy shit that that makes it that you're, you know, that you're disconnected in that way, okay? Uh, It's the same thing. I I, I still remember, look, I go back to one of the cases that I remember studying I mean, it's from business school. Okay, it was like back when I was at when I was at Carnegie Mellon. One of the cases that we talked about, a company that got themselves into a lot of trouble, uh, was because of uh, 
the fact that they were manufacturing, and this was Jaguar cars, okay, specifically. Jaguar cars manufactured their cars in the UK, sold most of their cars in the US in dollars, okay? Um, and so they had their costs in in pounds, but all their most of their revenue coming in dollars. At the end of the sometime in the mid-1980s, the dollar dropped like a rock. Okay. And so they got caught with their revenue literally evaporating like to the tune of 40, 50 percent. And you know, and their costs remaining the same. And they almost went bankrupt. Okay. And it was one of those things where we were talking about, look, in order not to get caught in that risk, either, you know, one of the things that you try to do is that you figure out how to, okay, great. So either you sell your revenues in advance, because one option is, hey, I expect to get next year $5 billion, and I want to pay to guarantee that I will get that revenue at that exchange rate. So you will sell at some kind of discount. I say, oh, you'll get maybe, okay, we'll we'll buy your revenue for the next year at $4.7 billion. We'll take that risk away from you. Okay? All right? Okay. So we'll do that. Um, so you could do transactions like that in order to move that risk. There are, it's, you know, you could do, you could do swaps. You could do a whole bunch of things. But they didn't do any of that. They almost went bankrupt. Okay? Um, and there is a reason why so many manufacturers of European cars after that established manufacturing facilities basically in a lot of different countries that is not just their home country. And the reason for that is, well, well, if I man- shift my manufacturing where I buy my parts, like 50% of the U.S. and I, and I sell, you know, they are 50% of my cars, then I won't be exposed because the cars that I sell in other countries you know, when the dollar shifts, I will save money on that. So I'm good. So there's a natural hedge that you could do by moving to manufacturing. There's all sorts of different ones. But the one thing that a, a, an analysis, a deeper analysis of the portfolio and the holdings that the bank has would be looking at that intently. Okay. And, and you know, now and you would be looking at that risk because of what's happening with rates. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the biggest banks, none of them have reported this issue. Okay? Because you them. think the big ones just did it right. Yes, because they're getting scrutinized for it. Okay? They know they're getting scrutinized for it. They, you know, th- these were these were people gambling with the damn assets, literally. When you take a bet like that, that has no hedge whatsoever, basically you're gambling with the fucking money. And that's what, in my view, SVB did. They gambled with the fucking money, thinking that we're gonna get we're gonna get a better return by being in this long-term well, bonds. These guys don't never, these guys never touch their they're cash rich, they're cash heavy. We're never gonna have a problem with that. No they're never gonna come calling for their money and right. Yeah. Well, and you know, this is something that people have pointed out repeatedly. Like if you look at the history of finance regulation in this country. I mean, this is a seesaw thing that happens, right? Yep. Some There's some big crash or issue or whatever, and then government steps in and puts in a bunch of regulations that are specifically designed to keep it from happening before. 
uh, happening again, not before. <laughs> uh, they put in a bunch of regulations. By the way, to to be clear, okay, once again, our our lovely Republicans. This was a this was this you know the 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 year it happened because I I didn't remember. I was pretty sure it had to be during a Trump administration. It was in 2018. Yeah. Okay. The Republicans went and and you know changed you know the the threshold of the scrutiny of these banks. You know, in 2018. But my, my yes, you are absolutely right. And, but and point, they were like, oh, you know, and so if you, you know, and it was like, if you were under that threshold, you know, they moved the threshold that, you know, so high that it basically eliminated the scrutiny of all these damn banks. And right, dude, right, right. It's uh, the listen, same, fu- same fucking thing again. Listen, the W fucking administration did the same yeah, thing uh, well, th- with this Wall is Street. A, this is exactly my point, is that it's a, it's a cycle that has gone on, you know, frankly, all the way back into the 1800s, right? Like, you add the regulation, it solves the problem for a while, and then people are like, you know, I, I've seen people joke that it's almost like always around seven years. Some amount of time later, the people who were there for the last crisis are sort of like, oh, are, are gone or older or retired or whatever. And there's a new group of people who who believe like, hey, it's been seven years. There haven't been any problems whatsoever. We can loosen this shit up. Whereas the fact that there haven't been any problems is in large part due to the fact that that stuff that is there. So once they start loosening it up, first of all, a bunch of people make a lot of money in the short term doing this sort of gambling. And then you inevitably set up another major problem for a few years down the road. Yep. And, and you have this happen over and over and over again. And it's not, it's let's be honest. It's been the Republicans a lot but the Democrats haven't always been innocent either. Like Barney no. Frank was involved in one of these fucking things. Well, Bar- Barney Frank apparently was on the board of Signature Bank. Yes. But look, yes. I, I will say. But he was I, involved governmentally in one of these loosenings back wherever, you know. Look, a lot of the arguments that were being done uh, about uh, about this was the costs, okay, mm-hmm. to the smaller banks. And I had heard the smaller banks bitching and moaning. Um about the 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 higher costs of the regulation uh and who the hell isn't going to complain about you know a high cost of regulation i get it i mean you know uh look I, i've been having an issue with getting building permits from our city and you know they've been they you know they've been taking a long time but one of the things with these damn things with the permits is that yeah i bit bitch and bono about it like right now whatever and then you know what then we get a building collapse or some of the shit happened like that or whatever and then we realize oh well that's why we fucking put these things into place in the first place you know i I mean and that's the whole thing with with rules that are intended to keep people safe, the reason that there are rules, and this applies for like manufacturing, this implies for like vehicles, this applies for insurance, this implies for you know building requirements, and obviously it applies for banks too. The reason there are rules that are put in place is because we've proven time after time after time that if you don't have the rules in place, there are always going to be people who decide to cut the corners because they can get more profit out of it, and right. then something bad happens. The, right. the exact bad thing is different in all those cases, but something bad happens that you could have avoided by following those rules that you've decided you don't want to follow because it costs yeah. too much. You know, the worst thing is that, by the way, it, it, uh, that this wasn't um, 
you know, this wasn't, uh, they didn't invest in junk bonds. Like we had like banks and the SNL crisis, like, you know, they weren't buying junk bonds. They weren't underwriting, you know, liar loans. It, it, it wasn't any of that. It, it was literally, I mean, they bought what I think that they, they, they told themselves, Hey, we're buying U.S. Treasury bonds. What can be safe? What exactly? Yes. And what? What for? Whatever reason that their miscalculation was, how how much rates were going to rise? But it's crazy to think that they miscalculated it because you know, uh, I mean, the Fed had been telegraphing this, but for a but long in, time. But in people's heads, like. U.S. government bonds are considered like the safest of the safe. You might as well be sticking, you know, actual cash money in a vault. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, maybe even better because the vault could burn down. Right. Yeah. True. You know, so anyway, so switching, switching gears just a little bit from the. Now, now by the way, here, no, here's the, here's the funny part. Yes. Yes. You know what people are doing that are taking their cash out, what they're buying? Take a wild guess. Crypto. No, no. What, what are they? No. Treasuries. Oh, okay. So they're taking the money out of the bank to buy the treasuries themselves. Well, and I, I have heard other people taking stuff out of the small banks and putting them into big banks, which of course makes the problem worse. Right. Yes. Um, Okay, moving on from what has already happened and why, uh, let's talk future again. Are we mostly done with this? Are we still going to be talking about it next? Or are we done talking about it? Or are we still going to be mentioning this next week because it's spread to further banks and the Fed has had to take more action? Like, you know, or whatever. Or Where are we? I, 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 look, I, I think... I, I think we'll be talking about it for a few more weeks because I think people are are deeply scrutinizing all these other banks. And I I also think that um for example, they're gonna force uh uh like First Republic to get bought. They're mm-hmm. gonna merge it with somebody else. They're not gonna let it like just sit out there. Um th- this this money they deposited it was just a a a short term fix. Okay. Um yeah, so so this, this yeah they're going to they're they're going to force it to merge with a healthier bank right uh i'm i'm, I'm but you positive. think there are going to be several other ones that come up over the next couple of weeks is problematic but that just like these first ones they'll come up with a solution right quick and you're not they're just they're going to find a few of these but they'll deal with them and it won't have a long-term impact is that your prediction? I mean, we had look. What one of the things that I know it gets scary about going back to um, to the financial crisis and and what happened. Uh, but man, you know what? We went through a period uh, during the late eighty, late eighties, early nineties, where man, we had thousands of banks fail. Okay, um, and, you know, and, and the world didn't. You know, the saving and loan crisis and all. Oh yeah, crisis. I mean, we had. I mean, we had. Sam, we had thousands of banks fail. Um, we fa- we figured out a way to clean it up. Um, because in large part, because the big banks, just like in this situation right now, weren't in in trouble. 
Right. The city banks, the Chase, the, the Bank of America is all of those. They didn't have a problem. And so even though we had a whole bunch of banks uh, fail, you know, uh, it, 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 it wasn't as bad. And there's another thing, you know, in terms of inflation adjusted size of the failure of, uh, of uh, what you would call it, Silicon Valley Bank. Right. Uh, if you if you inflation adjusted, it's less than half the size of Washington Mutual, which was the, the 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 really the biggest bank failure we had that really set off before uh, the financial crisis. Uh, the, the, Whamu, I remember them. Oh yeah, yeah. Whamu and Whamu was really inflation adjusted was over twice the size of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, as a matter of fact, I looked it up. It, the, all the the three banks that failed uh, together were not the size of Wham. Gotcha. Um, okay, I have, I have so that's two more, important. Two more questions on this. One, people have been talking that you know, given that the interest rate sparked all this, that the Fed is potentially going to pause that or at least slow it down rather than continuing that trend over the well, next. Well, that's what of everybody is speculating. Um, you think they're I would right? say the European Central Bank today hiked rates even in the face of this going on. Um, they did that this morning. So do you think everybody's um, – do you think this is a valid prediction or is this just what no, people I, I hope do, for? Well, well, I think people are hoping for that. I don't know if it's a completely valid prediction, but I do think that it has to fit into your calculations right now, uh, the deflationary effect that this has. Okay. Because it does have a deflationary effect. Not, be, you know, people didn't lose their money, okay? You know, their deposits. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that was cut off was that Silicon Valley Bank was uh, uh, a funding source for uh, startups, okay? Right. They were a very big for- funding source for that, which was one of the things that had been, I mean, all the salaries and all the things that startups have been doing is one of the things that also had been pushing wage inflation up over the last couple of years. And that you have all of a sudden right now, uh, that funding source, and they were the easiest funding source of Appyrite for that. Okay? They're, they're, they're not there anymore. So, um, you know, uh, I had an online discussion also about some people complaining, well, what the hell? All these... Uh, and, you know, by the way, they, they weren't doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm using that voice like, you know, they're being stupid. But mm-hmm. people not understanding why uh, Silicon Valley Bank had been requiring if you got a loan from there that you had to keep a primary depository relationship with right. uh, with them to basically keep your funds there. And I look that that's 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 that happens. That's a, lot. a standard. That That's a standard uh, thing. I, I actually. uh Pulled up, and I knew this was the case, but pulled up a term sheet we had for a loan that I negotiated for for our condo association, which is public records, about $1.5 million loan that we negotiated, and with uh, Truist, okay, which is one of the biggest banks, and I think they're like 7th or 8th, whatever the hell it is, and they they demanded that, okay? Okay. Uh, you know, that that that, that was a, that was on their term sheet. Like, it was one of, if I remember correctly, it was the first uh it was the first condition of the loan was that we had to have a primary depository relationship with, with them. Um, and so we, we wound up moving our accounts to, we didn't have them with them before, but we moved our accounts to them uh, when we got the loan. So that is, that's, 
you know, for certain types of loans, you know, they won't, you know, for some, I will say that for a startup or somebody like us, which, uh, a condo association that basically our main guarantee for the loan funding was the actual receipts from, from the owners. So they are like, shit, if that's our fr- primary, uh, guarantee, then, you know, we want the money coming here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, so, you know, um, so yeah, it, it's a standard term. That's not, that's not some hocus pocus thing or whatever. I mean, banks require that because many times your cash flow is guaranteeing their loan. So therefore they want you to be putting the damn money that's coming in there. So, okay. One more thing. I want to go back to the Bulgaria thing for a second. Bulgaria. Cause, okay. Cause I, you meant, you mentioned, uh, that number one, I had the random wiki of the day about the Bulgarian baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. Number yeah. two, that was tied to, there actually is some sort of big baseball thing that presumably involves Bulgaria. Uh, number three, I think you mentioned that, uh, credit Suisse or whatever had some sort of scandal in Bulgaria, yes. right? Okay. Uh, so what do we got? More was Bulgaria there another, news? was there another one I've forgotten that you already mentioned? Uh, not today, you know. Okay, so there is one more Bulgaria coincidence. What now? Uh, I, I will tell you in a second, but check your texts. I, I texted you something about Bulgaria. Oh, fuck. Oh, well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually remember this. Yes, a friend, I, I, of, I, a friend of ours. I'm not going to say their Bulgaria, name. It's probably in Bulgaria, Bulgaria to celebrate right now. their 50th. It's probably in Bulgaria right now celebrating their 50th. Hell, I'll give you an even a bigger, a more Bulgaria of uh, 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 coincidence. Okay. So one of my best friend, one of my best friends here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband is from Bulgaria. Okay. And they, they, they went on vacation to Bulgaria over the summer. Okay. okay. And uh, on like third or fourth date there, she's actually a very athletic person. Okay, very fit. Oh, I think you okay. told the story when it happened. She, Go ahead. Yes, it's she. She broke her ankle in Bulgaria, and the doctor that showed up looked, looked like just you. like me. <laughs> I mean, she sent me a picture, and not just that, he had the same mannerisms and humor. And I, I mean, her husband, who knows me as well, was like, "What the <laughs> the fuck?" So what? anyway, got- apparently, oh. everything apparently, by the up- way. The great thing is that yes. apparently the doctor, okay, you know, thankfully, since apparently we share some unknown genes. Yeah. Very, very excellent doctor. What the repair job he did was top notch. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. So there so, you go. Yes. But apparently everything is coming up Bulgaria right now. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Next week, like, you know. We're going to go to Bulgaria to record the podcast? Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. You know, Rebecca would have told us I probably would have gone. <laughs> no, no, but uh, yeah, at this rate, with, like, what the hell? I mean, she would have told me I fucking probably would have. You know. With this rate, with more and more more Bulgaria stuff coming up next week. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, Russia will invade Bulgaria too. Or no, wait, Bulgaria will invade Russia. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, that'll be a twist. Ah, <sighs> okay. Yeah, Bulgaria. Um, I, I will say for long time listeners of curmudgeon's corner, the middle break of the show used to be a poem of the week. 
the poem of the week was ah, yeah, forced was. from this person's website, which is which is now no longer. No longer. But uh, yeah, so if, if, if there is a curmudgeon's corner connection here, okay. With yeah. that, let's take a break, and we will come back, and then Yvonne will pick one smaller topic, and I will pick one smaller topic, and then we'll be done. And we will keep disciplined because Yvonne has to go like. 29 minutes from now, Yvonne has to be done because he needs to like, I don't know, sleep or something. I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, I have something silly like sleep. Listen, the the time zone change has got me fucked up. Okay. I overslept by exactly one hour. Uh Uh-huh. Which means I didn't really overslept. I woke up at that time, but I forgot that it was my body was like, hey, damn it. Bert's late to school. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. We'll By the way, we, I had never taken my son late to school. That was the first time. I, I and that's the first fucking time. I think I, mean, I think Alex seven has been, seven Alex has, fucking years of me driving that kid to pre-K, whatever. I'd never ever been fucking late. Look, this year, this school year so far, like what, what school year started in September, it's now March. Alex has been on time less than five times. Oh, get the fuck out of here. On time is not our thing. We just don't. Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) Okay. We're taking a break. We'll be back right after this. You're supposed to say do, do, do. Do, do, do. Alex Amzala. Alex Amzala is awesome. Its videos are fun, and today, once again, we have one of our most loyal subscribers here to tell you how awesome Alex Emsula is. I'd say on a rate from 1 to 10, Alex Emsula is awesome at, I don't know, 37, 82. He's pretty radical. His videos are phenomenal. They're full of creativity. And they're, and they're so funny and exciting to watch. Wow, what happened to your voice then, Amy? Was that dad pretending to be you because the audio was distorted when it really wasn't because I told him to? Yes! Good job on remembering, dad. Do, do, do! Ah, we are back. So, Yvonne, one thing from you, one thing from me that hopefully won't take, well, 30 minutes to talk about. What's your thing? is my thing um what's my thing what the hell's been going on let me see uh 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 okay so i just read i i want you to tell me what's going on with this because i just saw this at a blurb and i didn't understand what the hell happened what is this thing with the samsung moon thing and that supposedly it's oh okay okay this is a nice what what yeah what the hell what the hell's going on so the the quote unquote controversy um which some people say some people are really upset about and other people are like oh what the fuck who cares right basically samsung has been touting for a while like how awesome their cameras are uh and specifically one example like on their phones uh one example they have given of this is if you take a picture of the moon you get like really incredible shots of the moon 
Whereas if you take that same shot on an iPhone, it just looks like a blob of light. Okay. Um, what a few people discovered through testing and what they specifically how they tested is they took a really good picture of the moon from NASA, put it up on their monitor screen, went across the room. I, and, well, first, before they went across, take, they took a really good picture of the moon from NASA. Then they de-resed it. Like they uh-huh. went and resized it. So it was like a 100 by 100 pixel image okay. or something. And then okay. blew it up to the full size of their monitor. So it was a really blurry picture of the moon. Then they went across the room and took a picture of their monitor with the smartphone camera. And the picture they got had a moon with lots and lots of detail on it. Okay. Now, if you think through that, since they intentionally derezzed the picture and were taking a picture. How the hell, right. How the, right. How the hell could they get the resolution back? And it turns out what Samsung is doing is they are recognizing that it's the moon and then using AI to swap in a, an appropriate image of high res image of the moon based on a model of the moon. So they figure out that it's the moon and what phase of the moon it is and what angle it is on the screen and then swap in. A well, high let's res get this straight. It's not, you're not getting a picture of the moon. You're getting a digital image served up by Samsung of the moon. Yes. That's really fucking bullshit. That's just utter bullshit. And basically what Samsung is saying and what the defenders of this <laughs> are saying is that, look, at this point, I mean, the idea that your smartphone just gives you an accurate representation of whatever you take a picture of is is bullshit and has been for years. They're doing all I kinds of image processing. They're doing all kinds of image processing to make it look better. They are doing, they've got like sharpening filters and they've got AI doing this and that and trying to figure out what you really meant and doing, you know, they actually take several pictures and then combine them in a smart way and blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. And they're like saying, look, if you're taking a picture with your smartphone of, you know, a scene that has the moon in it, you don't give a shit that the detail in that moon picture doesn't actually come from the lens of the camera. You want the picture to show what you saw and you saw that detail. So we'll just fill it in for you. Uh, if, if they gave you a choice uh, between the AI enhanced one and the other one, then that's great. But like, you know, there's a lot of pictures that I take that I just apply very little filtering on and well, the I thing is, try and I'm trying and I'm trying I'm trying to get the most accurate reproduction. Well the thing is unless of- unless you go and are you're getting the raw image instead oh, of Oh yeah yeah there is no 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 I get that but but the thing look there is and, a and you can of, generally it, listen, switch these things to raw mode if you really want to yeah, but it's and, not but, the default. But but listen it, it's not even the thing about raw. It, it's a thing of like look even back in the olden days, we used to put fil- filters on cameras and whatnot in order to generate certain things and whatnot. But it's like I wanted to take that damn picture and I wanted to see how I could make the camera what the hell it reproduced of that image. Look, I mean, if you're going to tell me, I'm just going to do, oh, I'm just going to 
oh, you want to see that? I'm just going to give you a fucking perfected image of it. That's not really what I want. That's not <laughs> what I want. Well, and, and see, so so this is the two groups. Like, there's one group of people who's outraged. That they're like, Samsung lied to us. Their cameras actually can't take a high quality that's picture correct, of the moonlight. But that's correct. And then there's the other people saying, yeah, but who gives a shit? You get a good picture. Uh, uh, and, 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 and at first, you know, and of course, all of this detail hadn't, you know, people sort of uncovered this. So Samsung has come out and with, since this has come out with some explanations and some details of how they do it and why they do it and what they did it. But like, uh, you know, their marketing campaign that talked a lot about the moon pictures didn't say, Oh yeah, we're, we replaced the moon with an AI model. Right. You know, and of course, of course my thought is this is all well and good, but if suddenly like a massive asteroid hits the moon and breaks it apart, like you're not going to get accurate pictures of the event using this. So that's true. What good is it? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, if there's I'm a giant that's explosion all, on the moon. And, that's, and I know that that's what I'm, I know that's what I'm waiting for. I mean, cause basically the reason this works is like, basically the moon is the moon. It doesn't change very much. But here's the thing. You know? I, I, I get that. And I'm okay with them giving me the option to say, I'm taking a picture of the night, right? And maybe there's a scene where there is a couple of things or whatever, and the moon is in it. I mean, and for that matter, they, that could could add in the re- they, they could add in all the stars and stuff too, because like your phone right. normally isn't going to get like no, a high quality exactly. picture of the sky. Like they have night modes where you can get stars if you do it right, but they could swap out the entire fucking sky for That's like a really high quality. Don't say that it took that fucking image. picture and just lie about it. Look, tell me the option. Hey, you know what? Listen, we could enhance the night by adding this externally. Do you want this? Yes or no. I may think that in a few in a few situations I would go with in some situations I would go with yes. I know that in many I would go with no. Um because it's it's not really you know, yeah, the stars. It's like for example, I know that in most cases you can't even really see the fucking stars. Yeah, so that's not what I'm that's seeing. That's a whole other issue with like light pollution and, and all this right. kind of crap and So I don't want it to add SpaceX. something that I am not fucking seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know, for that, and this is where, where people are talking about this is, well, everybody's, you know, using so many like AI filters now, you never know what you're seeing, right? Because like, well, they've that's got their picture, fucking problem. You, you mean, got I... filters that make people look more glamorous. You got filters that make people make people look like frogs. You got, I, 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 I've heard of most part, what I think the most that I try to do is some color correction and some stuff like that. That's pretty well, much, you know, and, and like, much about, you know, yeah. you got all these portrait mode things that do like yes. fancy stuff with the lighting and the background sure. and blah, blah, blah. You know, so none of it is real anymore. Right. So who cares? I, I, I tend to, I, I, I tend to actually agree mostly with you. I think it's like, yes, we know all these things exist, but they should be explicit choices for the most right. That, and I don't disagree with some, automated processing like the fact oh, that, i agree i i like the automated processing you know like there's all kinds of cool stuff that modern smartphones do to make it so that if you just point and shoot without touching anything you get a much better picture than you would have on an old-fashioned point and shoot camera 
Right. You know, they're doing motion correction. They're taking multiple images and averaging them sometimes. They're taking multiple images and automatically looking for the best one. They're looking for the one where the person doesn't have their eyes closed. They're doing all kinds of crap, right? And And most of that, I think, is absolutely fine. But I think that, you know, some level of disclosure on what it's doing is probably good, but I think, you know, there may be a losing battle on that because the number of people who really care as opposed to, Hey, my phone's being smart and giving me a better picture than it could otherwise are just happy with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good for them. (laughs) Okay. Uh, have you, had all of the information you needed about the Samsung moon thing. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, next up next and last, um, you know, I am really tempted to do Trump stuff, but let me just say it's still just all percolating. It could explode at any time, like in terms of indictments dropping hell, there could be indictments before I get this podcast out. Uh, it sounds more likely next week, but you never know. Um, I figure let, let's talk about them when they happen there, but there's been lots more percolating. So instead, um, let's just do a few minutes on uh, Ukraine and specifically, uh, the Russians took down a U.S. drone uh, this week um, by apparently dumping fuel on it <laughs> and okay. messed up its propeller. Uh, and and maybe there was direct physical contact with the the Russian plane. I don't know. Um, I don't think we're going to actually have a big escalation over this, but it's like in in, in and of itself. It, it is somewhat of an escalation. This was over the Black Sea, by the way. Right. Um, you know, the just the fact that the Russians initiated direct contact with an American anything, in this case is a drone, no humans on board, whatever, and the thing crashed, uh, is in itself a little bit of an escalation. One of the responses I've seen, maybe it's not a direct response, but Poland has now said that they will be supplying the Ukrainians with fighter jets. That had been a thing that was like, will they, won't the, what's the, who, you know, and every, all of the NATO countries have been sort of saying that they weren't quite ready to do fighter jets. Uh, looks like Poland is now ready to do that. Um, meanwhile, um, the situation on the ground um, is the, the Russians have continued to make progress over the last few weeks surrounding the town of, how do you say it? Bakhmut? Bakhmut? Um, like that. And the Ukrainians, some people have said, like, you know, there's nothing really strategic in that town. Just evacuate and get the hell out and let the Russians take it. But basically, the Ukrainian strategy has been make the Russians fucking pay for it. Like right. they'll, they'll probably get that town eventually, but they are losing They're so many people in the an idiotic so. price for, for that. Yes. And, um, and, and, and everybody who's been talking about offensives, either from the Russian side or the Ukrainian side, uh, sort of is saying at this point, well, you know, a little bit later in the spring for the big one, probably kind of, but this back 
Bakhmut thing uh, is in the meantime, the Russians are just, yes, they are gaining territory. They're gaining, gaining territory almost every day, but they're just throwing so many people at it. And by the way, the, the Ukrainians are losing lots of people too, but the Russians are losing more. Right. So, and equipment and everything. And they're just, you know, they're just. And so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think those are the main updates from this week on the Ukrainian situation, but it seems like it's still, you know, it, there's no end anywhere near in sight. And there are potentials everywhere for escalation as they always been. But with the, with the drone thing, I mean, you know, the U S brought in the Russian ambassador to yell, yell at him and say, this isn't okay. Don't do this. And that's probably going to be an extent of it. It's not like the U S is going to go in and directly attack some Russians in retaliation, you know, cause the, the whole Biden administration approach here is do as much as you can without directly getting into a conflict with the Russians. And that's going to continue. I guess the only other thing to say is that we still have the issue of if any more is needed uh, in terms of U.S. resources, then um, then Congress is going to be a problem because of where the Republicans are right now. Well, yeah, I mean, the Republicans are like, I don't know, to say, you know, it's apparently the. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the whole DeSantis the, the, thing. But DeSantis, DeSantis, for those of you who don't know, uh, came out and said that the Ukrainian situation is not a national security priority for the United States, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the Republican base is on board with that. But a whole bunch of Republican senators came out and were unhappy. Blasted them. And blasted, blasted them. them. Yeah. But I think the situation is the Senate, uh, the Senate Republicans are much more your traditional national security Republicans. Right. House Republicans, on the other hand, and the Republican quote unquote base, the MAGA people are all ready to like be isolationist and jump out of this and say, let the Russians take it. Why do we care? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think that when you look at the overall percentage of like American population, I mean, the majority is in favor of this now. The, the, I think the polls is- have it at like. 65 or 70 percent somewhere yeah in that market exactly so but that you so know the from, th- from a 30 35 percent is not nothing right but still yeah yeah but it's just it, it, it to me it's it's this thing where republicans have decided that weren't you know for me to say win an election okay um i need to the way to win is not even what's most popular across America is what gets this group of uh, psychopaths on board. The 35%. Yeah. You know, because, you know, because the thing is that there's another group that doesn't even know or give a shit about it too. Oh yeah. Well, that's all, that's often the biggest group is the people who just don't yeah. know, don't care. They don't know, don't whatever. care. Don't, um, but yeah, like th- that's the thing. That's the whole dynamic with the Republicans right now is that these minority radical positions that are out of line with the vast majority of the country are the key to winning Republican primaries. 
And that's, that's the whole characterization of that issue right now. And that's why like these MAGA folks are running the Republican party right now, you know, and folks like Mitch McConnell and such, like we talked about last week, you know, he's not one of the most moderate people there, you know, yeah, he's a rhino. because of this dynamic. Yeah. Total. Okay. Rhino. Okay. Let's wrap this up. That's all I had in a short, update on Ukraine stuff. Um, and I guess I mentioned the Trump stuff too. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay. So ready to wrap it up, Yvonne? Hurry up. We'll get you out of here in the next nine minutes. Okay. Less probably. We'll see. Uh, everybody, curmudgeons-corner.com, you know all about it. It's how to find all the ways to contact us, Mastodon, email, Facebook. Uh, it's also the way to see all of our archives going back billions of years it seems uh billions? the beginning of the show billions billions, billions of years you've been this, around that long this podcast existed before the planet did wow it's amazing stunning anyway um you can also find our patreon where you can come and give us some good money and uh depending on how much you give us we'll mention you on the show we'll send you a postcard we'll send you a mug all of this kind of stuff but very importantly for two dollars a month or more, or if you contact us in any of the other ways I mentioned and ask for it, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and other of our listeners are chatting throughout the week and sharing links and news and other stuff. So Yvonne, as the last thing on the show today, name one thing that we have talked about under Curmudgeon's Corner Slack that we have not mentioned on this show. One damn thing. Um. Okay, so we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. Oh, room temperature superconductor discovery meets with resistance. So, so you know, I see, see what they did there with that title, superconducting. Yes, I, 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 I yeah, electrical very, resistance. You know, very, yeah, very, 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 very original. Yeah, no, nobody ever thought of that one. Um, you know, um, uh, so. So do you think it's, I mean, you know, if this is, of course, if this is real, it would be incredible, it, but, but you know, like just real quick uh, on the, on the discovery, it's about, they've got it working. They say up to about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which is around room temperature. Right. Um, and it still requires very high pressure, but traditionally people have thought the real hard to solve problem was the temperature and they could figure out something around the pressure if they needed to. Um, and, uh, but the problem is the group that came up with this discovery has claimed similar things in the past and has a really bad track record. And certain members of the team have been accused of making up data and other things that, which they have always denied. Uh, but because of this, the whole scientific community is like, eh, this would be great if it was true, but oh, and yeah, you were about to say, yeah. if it was true, it could re yeah. potentially revolutionize all kinds of things. Because I mean, listen, you talk about all these problems that we're having with like uh, saving energy and whatever. Look, one of the biggest problems that we've got with energy is the cost. I mean, the loss during transmission 
of power. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go to superconducting. I mean, all of a sudden, the need for how much fossil fuel, I mean, how much CO2 we need to generate to even do energy from current energy sources, you you could, you know, it would could evaporate, you know, theoretically, if you replace the wiring and stuff, it would make mm -hmm. for much faster computing. It would make for batteries that last longer on your phones, on your cars. I mean, it's just, it, it's a it's a breakthrough of epic proportions basically it's one of the biggest breakthroughs we, we would ever have uh, as it, well it, as it uh, fusion energy yeah, i was gonna say probably second only to practical fusion energy yeah if it's true if it's true if it's true but like there has been such a long history not just with this group but in general like going back to the 1980s at least of people claiming, oh my God, we've found it. We've found the high temperature superconductor. We're ready to go. All kinds. Of and then it turns out that it's all bullshit because they did right. something stupid or they either outright lied or just had a mistake in their experimental setup. So they weren't measuring things properly or there was some other effect that they weren't taking into account or whatever. And it's turned out to not be a real thing. Uh, and so it seems like the scientific betting at this point is this is another one of those where okay nice claim but it's probably not going to work out when we look at it more deeply um but i guess you never know one of these times it might be real right so okay with that we are done so thank you everybody for joining us on another curmudgeon's corner um have a great week and we'll talk to you again next time. Goodbye. Bye.